right, hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the eighth session of Star Trek Congo. If this is your first time here, hello and welcome. We are an actual play podcast that is using the Star Trek Adventures system by Modifius Entertainment. We are set in the year 2415 aboard a Trident class out of the Deep Space October in the Sabine Expanse. Now, don't stress if you haven't watched Congo or really any of my other content. I try to make it so that you can jump in at any time and have a good time. But if you do want to play catch up, the VODs and most of the audio only versions are available on YouTube and most of the popular podcast solutions. Uh, in terms of announcements, the only sort of announcement I have this week is that I, as of hour 30 minutes ago, released a homebrew omnibus. And it is literally every little bit of homebrew I've ever written and released for Star Trek Adventures. Um, as uh, Matthew and I were talking before the stream, we're talking about 75k words, 189 pages, it's a chonker. And if you ever wanted to see the madness that is me, read the omnibus. You'll get a sense for how insane I am. But uh, should be freely available on DriveThruRPG, Continuing Mission, Patreon. Basically, all should be free for you. But yeah, with that out of the way, let's go around and have the players introduce themselves, starting with the captain. Hello everyone, my name is Matthew. I play uh, Captain Lee Tobin, an intensely religious Bajoran who is uh, certainly going to be interested in today's adventure. Uh, my name is John, I play Ensign Jaro, and uh, looking forward to uh, trying to avoid a raptor while my captain ignores me. <laughs> um, hey guys, I'm Aaron, I play Lieutenant Commander Date, the Tellarite uh, science officer slash XO, a uh, professional contrarian and all around grumpy Gus. And I'm Watney. I play the chief medical officer of the Congo, uh, Dr. Alel, the Denobulan. And I want to also say a super special shout out to Dag. Happy birthday yesterday. Yes, indeed. Now I forget, is it rude to ask his age? I forget. You never Millions ask an export his age. Millions. <laughs> <laughs> old enough to know better still young enough not to care <laughs> and uh, that segs to me I'm the DAG I play Congo's security chief Fives a former Borg drone and augment and if you want to talk about it hit me up on Twitter at Trek Nexus I love how you dipped into ASMR there at the end just just you know getting close to the microphone and <laughs> you're so welcome <laughs> So and if you don't know like me that. by now, I'm Elates, the Game Master. <laughs> and uh, just real quick, before we get started, I do want to say thank you to Chubby Kobold for the Tier 2 for 17 months. That's insane. Thank you so much. Uh, Sir James Bokett, thank you for the bits as well. But yeah, uh, something we're actually going to do differently for today's session is, you know how normally I do opening logs and we do supplemental logs in Media Rays? Let's say for today's session, I'm going to do the recap because we're jumping right into the action. So, TLDR, here's what you need to know. The Congo shows up to a planet chasing two distress signals. One distress signal turns out to be the Sheliak. The Sheliak who have gone missing almost 20, 30 years at this point. And, obviously, 
half the team, half the senior staff, go down to see what's going on with the Sheliak. The other half investigate the other distress call, which turns out to be from an alien species that doesn't translate very well, uh, in general is an entirely unknown. And that would pretty much not be enough to get Lee to leave the ship, but um, let's just say there was an orb experience involving the Cisco. And the Cisco said, Lee, you need to go on this one. So Lee went on this one because he loves Cisco. And i that's an understatement of the year, but that's what we're going with. <laughs> so Lee and Jaro head down to investigate this other alien signal while Dot Tickle L and Five check out the Sheliak. Let's just say for the LL team, things don't go as well as they could have, but uh, hey, some progress was made. But where we last left off was with Lee and Jaro discovering not just a raptor in a sea container, but a um, a literal orb of the prophets powering some mega drill of mining device uh, that is mining out of the planet's core. And that is exactly where we're going to resume our session, is that Lee, you are still reaching out towards the orb trying to figure out how to get to it while a lizard or a basically a big old velociraptor is charging at you Jaro. So Jaro, uh, what would you like to do about the raptor uh, charging in your direction? Um, yeah, uh, so <laughs> Jaro is going to uh, move towards, uh, basically he's going to move towards a location to where when it does end up charging at him, he's going to kind of do an Olay and send it over the edge. <laughs> Okay. So, as you might expect, this is going to be uh, an opposed daring security. Uh, the base difficulty is a 1, and in general, uh, I believe you're attempting to do the push action, correct? Uh, yes. Sort of, I guess. Okay. Well, it makes a difference. it's the push action. Yeah, it, it makes a difference whether we actually count the damage or not. No, it's not going to... Yeah. All right. All right. So daring security. Yep. All right. I, I'm going to use that one little momentum we have. <laughs> All right. Similarly, I will spend one threat and I will wait till you roll before I hit enter. All right. That's three successes. Well, with rolls like that, so here's what happens. So Jaro, you sort of get towards one of the, you get an angle where the Banshee is, uh, the, well, let me put it this way. The Velociraptor is between you and the Banshee and you angle yourself so that you still keep that, but you're sort of still blocking the captain while being near one of the railings. And the Raptor begins charging in your direction and you think, oh, it's charging towards me. So you get ready to jump out of the way. But what happens is the raptor actually pushes past you and beelines straight for the captain. And with that many number of successes, it got four successes. I think I now have to roll challenge sites to see if you get pushed over the edge. Now, don't worry. Even if you do, I think you have a chance to catch yourself. There's the effect. So, Jaro, you are literally knocked over the railing. <laughs> And I need you to roll me a fitness security difficulty of two to catch yourself. All right. No I'll pressure, of course. I'll give you a threat. All 
All right, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say that succeeds at cost, but in the process of you reaching out at the last moment and grabbing hold of something to keep you from falling, your phaser rifle goes clattering down into the mo the molten depths of the drill below. Whew. But let's now focus on Lee for a moment. Lee, again, as I said, you're still trying to figure out how to get to the orb of the prophets when you feel something tapping on your shoulder. God, it's not Cisco again. Uh, yeah, uh, he'll turn and... Well, he's probably already sort of looking away from the orb, observing what has happened. He's just on the edge of moving to assist Jaro as best he can. But uh, I will look over my shoulder and see what is tapping my shoulder. Oh. Well, it's, it's your, or your Velociraptor buddy. He's just, okay. just sort of staring at you. And it speaks, or you think it speaks. It's kind of a guttural growl. And it just it just stares at you. It just almost in your personal bubble, you can smell its fetid breath. It smells somewhere on the, the neighborhood of like rotten meat and um, stale air. It's not a very pleasant smell, but it, it's just sort of sitting there in your personal bubble, not even a few feet away, just sort of there. I'm going to attempt to make very slow motions towards Jaro while mm. emitting some kind of placating, comforting sound mm -hmm. towards the creature, looking for any motion as it, it as if it's, I don't know, rearing back for a lunge or the like. Why don't you roll me a uh, presence command? And if you have composure, that would be an excellent focus to have here. I, I have diplomacy. I, I think I you have think to I'm... understand it, and it has to understand you for diplomacy to work. Just, mm -hmm. I, I have a feeling. Also, hey, yay, I get threat. Yay. So this was, you're not going to tell me the difficulty, or is it going to be an opposed role? It's going to be an opposed role. Okay. But um, since it does need to still have a difficulty, I'll set it at a one here. Okay. Uh, so it was presence command? Yep. Um... I'd like to challenge my value. What does it mean to be a captain? Mm -hmm. In the sense that in this moment, as he is fearing for his life, uh, Lee has come to a bit of an epiphany, looking out towards Jaro, dangling off the edge of this uh, precipice, about or this platform, nearly about to fall to his death, that um, he sort of understands now the primary duty of the captain and the kind of captain he wants to be in that a captain protects his crew. So he's not wondering about who he wants to be any longer in terms of his profession. I think that's a fine challenge of a value. And I always choose life is what I'm going to, uh, to tap as a value to get two free successes on this enterprise. All right. Um, in that I'm actively foregoing the orb. I'm just disregarding that for the moment, and I am choosing to do everything that I can to intervene and move towards Jaro to assist him. Okay. That would be a very bad time to roll complication. Alright, so that is three successes, which pretty much means that the creature has to double crit here, which I don't think it's going to do. Yeah, doesn't even get one success. So, either via your hand motions, or maybe the not quite guttural sounds you maybe make in reply, 
you start to move towards saving Jaro, and the creature, the Velociraptor, lets you pass. It obviously follows you the entire way as you're moving past it, turning and moving into the space you just were to prevent you from coming back to mess with the orb. But Lee, you can get to Jaro at this point to bring him up and save his life. And uh, Lee will reach down an arm and sort of take hold of uh, Jaro's free hand, uh, trying to desperately pull him up. And you're going to see that Lee is actually a fairly relatively frail man for his uh, younger years. And he's only in his late 40s. Um, but he'll do his best to try to assist you up to the platform. Yep. Uh, Jaro's going to accept this. <laughs> Are you, uh, you all right there, Ensign? A uh, big creature. Uh, yeah, I, I'm fine. And he uh, looks back at the creature and he's like, but what about that? I don't think it actually wants to harm us, at least based on my interaction. It seems to be some sort of genetically programmed guard animal. At least that's and my supposition. Next step. And uh, Lee would actually take out a medical tricorder if he could. And I'd like to scan the creature. Um, and as he's doing so, he'll turn to, uh, to Jaro. Well, I don't want to hurt it if there's any way possible to perhaps drive it off, given that it hasn't, well, it hasn't actively tried to kill us. It, you only got in its way. Um, if there's any way we can avoid violence, I'd like to find it. Uh, yes, sir. All right. So as you scan this with your medical tricorder, uh, give me a reason medicine difficulty of one. And if you have xenobiology, actually any form of biology would work here. Fortunately, all I have is infectious diseases. So don't think this is quite a virus, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, I will give you one threat to roll three dice. All righty. Hey, two successes. So you get one momentum. Lee... What you realize as you scan this creature does not make sense. Like, you were expecting maybe a dumb brood or some... some I, I'm, I hesitate to use the word um, lower life form. But when you look at the medical scans, this thing could debate... Like, it has so much gray matter, it has to have an unfathomable intelligence. Like, this, it has to be off the charts. Furthermore, there's indications that this thing should be telepathic or empathic. You're not really sure, but if you were to compare it to a Betazoid or another empath, I mean, the readings look very remarkably the same. Hmm. Uh... Out of character, uh, mm -hmm. any questions that you'd want to ask, John, in terms of uh, data that we could gather from this scan? Um, nothing that I can think of. Hmm. Fascinating. It seems to have intelligence perhaps even superior to our own. I, my initial supposition was entirely incorrect. Um, GM, can we take a look at the area in which it was originally housed and determine what that was? Yeah. So as you sort of step away from the gangplank that leads out to the drill itself and you sort of step, 
back uh, along the gangplank and the platform that stretches across this molten span. You look inside the container. Again, it's a sea container, but hexagonal. You look inside, and what you see is something Jaro might recognize. Jaro, if you could roll me a reason engineering difficulty of one. Sure thing. And if you have uh, Xenotech, or if you have Cryotech, or anything of that nature, it would apply as a focus. That would be a no. But we'll go ahead and use our momentum. Okay. All right, well, you definitely get it right back. Uh, you're at three momentum by my count. And yeah, Jaro, I mean, you know a cryotube when you see one or a stasis tube when you see one. You're pretty sure that this whole sea container was meant to just keep this thing alive and on ice. Okay, so somebody put it here. And I think your guardian idea is quite solid. Hmm. Is there any record of neurological activity? Surely a device of this kind would keep detailed records of brainwave patterns or the like? Uh, Jara's going to try to examine it and see if there's any sort of log or anything like that within the, within the uh, chamber itself. I'll say that there would be if you gave me two momentum to create that advantage. There you go. All right. So, yes, you actually do find a log, which does seem to indicate that they are medical readouts. And what you see is that perhaps the reason the creature isn't telepathically communicating with you is because the cryo-awakening process was accelerated, i.e. it basically has freezer burn. So we might be able to wait until it gets back? Would that be the supposition that we could make that either, uh, I mean, it just needs to sort of shake off the effects of the cryonic stasis or that there's been permanent damage? You're pretty sure it's temporary. Uh, I mean, Lee, even though you haven't practiced medicine in however many years, you're 90% sure that you just have to wait. Uh, Lee will stare sort of forlornly out at the orb that is situated inside the drill. And then towards the creature. Um, how is it behaving now that we've moved off and begun to examine the cryostasis tube? Pretty much where you left it. Just sort of guarding where your access to the orb would be. Not really doing much. Just sort of standing there, menacingly. Ensign, be prepared to intervene if necessary, but only do so if it appears as if the being is it poses a threat to me uh you're not going to do something stupid are you captain that depends on your definition of stupid all right so that's a yes all right <clears throat> and lee is going to start approaching the creature with his hands raised mm-hmm. my name is captain lee tobin from the Federation starship Congo. I understand that you must be disoriented and confused after emerging from your stasis pod, and you may not be able to understand me, but we mean you no harm. And as that happens, we're going to cut to the other away team. So, we join 
the other away team uh, in their shuttle as the remaining Sheliak are trying to make sense of not only where they are, but uh, what's happened to them. So, uh, as a small reminder, uh, one of the Sheliak did die under your your sort of I, I don't I don't think you would call it care because you didn't really get to do much before it kind of eh. Um, but in general, the Sheliak aren't yelling at you, so small plus. Are we in the sh we're in the shuttle right now? You're in the I mean, unless you want to be kicked out by the Sheliak, yes. Well, no, I just wanted to make sure where where we were. Okay. Or if we're all fitting in this shuttle somehow. <laughs> um, Ella will kind of look at Dottic like, okay, you're, you're a commander. What do you want to do? You are muted, Aaron, as is tradition. <laughs> Fun. Um, so the Shelly Act that are uh, in the shuttle with us typically or I guess specifically Sheliac director and Sheliac A um, are they still in need of medical attention so that is actually something I was going to address in the opening but I forgot to so my apologies uh, the director is fine a little disoriented a little bit of foggy uh, mind but in general they'll probably live probably to your um, annoyance but they'll live Shiliac A is doing better now that you've removed him from the adverse effects and the adverse atmosphere of the planet. Uh, Shiliac A is still wrapped in that thermal blanket, and they're shivering, they're sort of making motions that indicate they are cold, but they don't seem to be in any real danger for the moment. Perfect. Uh, well, Dottig will just turn to Alel um, and say, Doctor, I would appreciate it if you could ensure that this other Sheliak is going to be alright. So make sure that we didn't miss anything in our initial scans. I will do what I can, sir. Um, and then he will turn to the uh, to the um, Sheliak director mm -hmm. um, and say, per the terms of the treaty, specifically, and Dottie will pull out a pad, um, Paragraph 876, subparagraph 56, clause 18. After the Federation starship has, or Federation ship has been relinquished to the service of the Sheliak, said vessel, vessel is to be returned after the Sheliak members have been successfully ferried to their destination or the closest possible outpost. Can you provide coordinates? So the director sort of, I guess, wiggles, because they're not humanoid. I I, I've, I hesitate to find a word that would really describe what the Sheliak <laughs> are. They they sort of vibe for a moment. There we go. They vibe. Clearly a millennial term. There we go. There you go. Um, they sort of vibrate a little bit, and then they say, You have an outdated treaty. That clause refers to the distribution of margaritas. And that face palm is in character fives. Death, he's going to turn to fives. Do we have a problem with the, the, the universal translator again? Uh, no, sir, but I can distribute margaritas. What's that? It's, it's margaritas. It's an alcoholic beverage. Oh. Why would Are that you going be... to be distributing the margaritas or not? 
Tateko, go over to the go over to the replicator tabical thing um computer uh we'll just do a head count of everybody in the shuttle uh i'm good three margaritas uh lieutenant commander you may wish to have the computer uh get the recipe from the treaty of armaments in the next subsection of the clause that you cited oh yes um variety 63.7 Sure enough, the replicator does sort of shimmer and uh, three margarita glasses, complete with a salt rim on the glass, uh, materialize in. And as you start to hand them out, maybe one towards the director, Mm -hmm. the director almost makes like a scoffing noise and says, You humans are idiots. The margaritas are not for us. They are for you so that you are more understandable. Uh... You're, I am you're not the, the human. human. <laughs> Fives is the human here, so both are free. Hey, whoa. I guess. I've, I've only been human for five years. Again, your language, language is inadequate. You are vermin. Also, I just want to say this guy, totally pleasant for the Sheliak. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a great guy. And uh, Datek will sort of well, I normally don't imbibe well on duty, but if you insist. And I have a very important question. If you have one, what are the other? T- where are the other twos going? Because well, Lel I mean, said they're... no already. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> All right. Then Dante will hand the other two to fives. <laughs> Oh my god, he's ready. Just double fisting them. <laughs> oh. And as and... Uh, as you consume them, the director makes another sort of... It, it's almost a huff at this point. Um, also, yes, I see Nightbot's doing things it shouldn't. I'll fix it. <laughs> um, the director makes that scoffing noise again and says... Very well. At this point... You are within the treaty's boundaries. However, we need to amend the treaty. We will, of course, want arbitration for that amendment. Arbitration is irrelevant and takes too much time. True, but the current treaty requires arbitration. So in order to remove the arbitration clause, we would need to have an amendment. vibrates a little bit it's almost an angry vibrate i don't know if there's such a thing but you can almost tell just by its body language lack of body language i hate non-humanoids i'm just gonna throw that out there as it angrily stares at you in a shelliac way uh the director finally comes back and says name your arbitrator and if it is another hibernating species i will personally kill you myself I appreciate the levity, Director. However, none aboard are yet qualified to name said arbitrator, so I would like to put this issue to pause while we escape the harsh landscape and return all of us to a base on which there is such a figure that can make that decision. Roll me a presence command difficulty of three. Oh, yeah, because I'm good at that. (laughs) I believe. Stranger things have happened, I believe. You know what? I've got persuasion. Let's do this. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I, I think you can be willing to throw him an assist. Have help. I have help for this. I have a thing in my sheet. Oh. Um. What is my thing? Insightful guidance. Mm-hmm. Whenever I assist a character who is in a social conflict, using my knowledge of psychology or emotional states, that character is considered to have an advantage in addition to the normal benefits provided by my assist. Okay, so Alal would be assisting with a presence medicine, and that means your advantage can be that the difficulty is now a two. And can I spend the momentum for a die? It's gone. Yeah, yeah yes. seems like that's that's what's happening. Hooray for unlimited potential. I'm scrolling two. Uh, if yeah. you're assisting one. One, that's why. I thought. Okay, so three plus whatever advantage confers. All right, well, that's four successes, which means you get two momentum back. And the Shelliac almost deflates a little bit and sort of lets out a less angry sigh, but a little bit more reluctant, if that makes any sense, and says, Very well, you may take us to your vessel. Thank you, Director. And please be aware, when we reach the vessel, I will... You are still talking. Consume more margaritas. Hello, we'll kind of blow past and be like, can I ask what, how you found yourself under the circumstances we rescued you under? As per the treaty, that would require arbitration. And it doesn't have eyes, but you get the sense if it did have eyes, it would just be glaring at you for no reason at all. <sighs> Mr. Fives, can Sir. you take us up? Computer, plot automated course back Thank to you. Congo. <laughs> Computer chimes and shuttle begins to lift off. And uh, at this point, I think both away teams are going to get a check-in call from the Congo. And we're going to start with this away team since we're here. So there's a chime. And uh, assuming you accept the call, mm-hmm. uh, you hear Ensign Rowan on the other end. And she says... Uh, hey, 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 away team, uh, away team one, two, you didn't really, whatever, uh, Commander Dottig, uh, how you doing? Um, very well, yes, Rowan, sir. we are, we're on our way back now. Okay, um, anything I should know about you bringing stuff up? Kind of what yes. I have to ask? Um, please inform sick bay, whoever's on duty right now, that we'll be bringing some Shelliac aboard. One may potentially need uh, further medical assistance. Uh, please have the isolation lab ready. I can do that. Uh, any, any, anything else I should know? Sir, the requisite formalities. Oh, yes. Uh, all right. Pursuant to the uh, to the treaty with the Shelliac uh, let's see. Five. I can't find the paragraph. What's the? Is it four, four seventeen or four seventy one? I thought the four hundreds were about international root beer regulations. Oh, maybe it's maybe it's seven hundred and fourteen. Yes, it is the seven hundreds. They govern right. Congo too. Oh, interesting. Um, Ensign, please follow stipulation. 714.3 article 16 
Oh, that's a good thing you said 714, because for a moment I thought you said 741, and I was be like, why do we have to vent deck three? No, no, 714. Okay. Uh, regulations will be followed, sir. Thank you. All right. And then we're going to cut to the other away team, because moments later, you get a chirp on your cob badge, Lee. Um, has the creature reacted to my approach before I respond to the, the hail? I mean, it's looking at you with uh, big old green eyes, but other than that, just sort of just sort of sitting there, not really doing anything. All right, then Lee will take one step back, turn slightly with his eyes still on the creature, and will tap his combat. This and is Lee. It, it is indeed Ensign Rowan again, and she says, uh, Hi, Captain. Uh, how's it going? How's, how's the away mission going? In an unexpected direction, but that actually is to be anticipated when you're dealing with an away mission to an uncharted world. Um, Regs say I have to ask you to be a little bit more specific, sir? Yes, uh, forgive me, I'm slightly distracted, as he says as he's still continue to stare at the creature's dead, beady eyes. Um, we're engaged in a rather fraught first contact with a hitherto unknown species. That's really exciting. Um, am I interrupting? Slightly. Progress seems to have stalled slightly. We're waiting for the Universal Translator, potentially, to catch up to us. You want me to patch in Jaro and Fives? They, they did a really good job on the mission before this one. Uh... Don't think that would be necessary. Oh. Okay, I'm just gonna pretend I didn't totally queue up their their com frequency. Okay, yep, never mind. A anything else to report, sir? If we don't report in an hour, assume that we are either dead or have been partially dismembered, and uh, please send a security team. So, do you still want the coffin burial? You know, the whole shoot in the space thing, or? No, I, I think I'll just just cremate me and then send me into the wormhole. That that seems like an appropriate final resting place. You um, got it, sir. Very good, Ensign. Thank you. And as the uh, badge stops emitting noise, uh, the creature opens its mouth and makes a noise. And this time you actually can kind of understand it. Um, and what it says is words just that one word words hmm. instant jaro would you um, please monitor the universal translator to see if you can make appropriate modifications as we continue to converse already doing it sir very good nice initiative Benson. and lee will again take a step closer to the creature mm-hmm can you continue to speak to us? Our technology allows us to interpret alien languages, but we may need to understand or be exposed to more of your speech in order to fully develop translation matrix. This time I want you to roll me a fitness and command. Difficulty okay. of two. And uh, would diplomacy apply in this case? 
I'm going to say no, not quite for this roll, because this roll is for resisting something. Uh, then I will spend... Oh, man, fitness is terrible. Uh, I'll spend one die to roll three. Okay. And it's a difficulty two, you said? Difficulty of two. Okay, you get your two. So... If I were to take a Betazoid and have the Betazoid reach into your mind, I would probably describe it as almost like a, a firm handshake. What this creature attempts to do is not a handshake. It is literally a gut punch to your brain. But you weather it. I, I mean, it hurts like hell. I mean, it, it really, really hurts. But after the initial sort of smack, uh, you actually begin to understand what it's trying to telepathically tell you. And it goes on to say, You must not remove the object from the drill. If you do, it will not only collapse the drill, but detonate all that is in the core. The precursor to what we refer to as red matter? If that is what you call it, yes. Can you tell us about your species, what it is that you're doing here? What happened to the miners in this facility? The miners were my species. It doesn't say, doesn't say anything else, just says the miners were my species. That's it. That's all it says to that. Clearly something has transpired here that you would need to make use of the object that you've described and you've been locked away for a certain number of years we haven't been able to determine inside that cryostasis unit is there any way that we can help you or your people there may be something you can do however i must watch over the orb to make sure it does not move How did you come by this orb? We found it in the mining process. And it became an integral component of the very drill that you're using to conduct the mining process? How did this happen? It actually shakes its head a little bit fervently here and says, Not component. Debris. Can I take out my uh, tricorder and scan the orb to see uh, potentially what its removal would do to the machine? Is it producing some kind of stabilization field? Or um, what is it that would actually result potentially in the destruction of this facility were it to be removed? Yeah, and what I would say is that Jaro can, more def can definitely assist you on this. Um, this is going to be an insight engineering, and the difficulty on this will be a two. Uh, since it's an engineering task rather than science, I would request that uh, Jaro take the lead on that. Sure. Ensign, can you get a scan of the orb and see how it's been integrated into their technological infrastructure for the drill? Uh, yes, yes, sir. Uh, then uh, he's going to move a little closer and he's going to look at the creature. And uh, do you think it'll let me get closer? You're not in telepathic contact with it, of course. And Lee would turn back to the creature, gesturing towards Jaro. 
my subordinate is going to take a scan of the drill and the orb. We are, have no intention of taking it, given what you've described, but we do need to determine whether some kind of safe alternative can be developed. And I'm not going to turn on the voice mod for this one because you swear as it takes a claw and draws a line in front of it, you swear you hear Captain Picard that says, the line must be drawn here, no further. Ensign, I think that you don't even need to have telepathic nope, contact with the creature to understand, please. And Jara's going to go up to the line mm-hmm. and... Uh scan the scan the drill to the best of his ability all right again that is a uh insight engineering difficulty of two all right and we'll use that uh one little momentum there that one little lonely momentum i do not believe i have a focus Nah, i don't think so hey three successes which means you get a momentum right back so, the word debris isn't necessarily the correct term, but it's the closest one that you can really think of. You sort of see that there is a matter reclamation stream, or basically a particle fountain, and that's how they're mining material from the cores. They're basically pulling it up and otherwise, you know, oil mining or oil drilling. It's it's a very similar process. Also, you guys got a momentum, so there you go. Um the problem is with the orb in particular it's almost as if the primary drill shaft or the primary tube that leads from the core out into the processing facilities to the rest of the facility tautology there but basically tube one is clogged by the orb and the creatures whatever they actually are have specifically worked around the drill to divert the channels to be into other tubes. So basically, tube one got clogged, they spun up tube two, three, and four, and if you were to unclog one, i.e. remove the orb, it would cause a cascading problem where everything would get overloaded or underfed at the same time. I know that seems like a bit of a juxtaposition, but... It's it's almost like taking a like a hose and diverting it through like a splitter. And if you turn off one side of the splitter for too long and then you unkink the hose or you unope you reopen that side, it, it causes problems. Is there a way to uh, potentially regulate the flow so that we could that that we could remove it in a controlled manner? I would say it's possible, but you're going to need direct access to the channel, and you're going to need something on the order of a tractor beam to do it. Okay. Would and the tractor beam on the uh, the Banshee be sufficient? Now that you've said it, it would. You would just have to get just really to close. <laughs> um... So, uh, let's see. Uh, well, uh, I guess you're communicating with it, right, Captain? Yes, Ensign. Uh, so, I think I can use the tractor beam from the Banshee to uh, to basically make it so that the drill won't overload, and we will remove the 
debris from the drill. I've, I've come to a similar, well, supposition at least. We could redirect the particle flow and rechannel it through the secondary emitters of the drill, potentially, if that's what those are. Yeah. Uh, I'm also thinking of potentially making a transporter feed loop as well. It's an innovative use of a transporter feedback loop, although we would have to recalibrate the pattern buffers in order to accommodate the increased load. Mm-hmm. But I need to get closer. Hmm. And, well, uh, I mean, you could try to convince it that we can fix it. And uh, Lee will take out his own tricorder and download the plans that uh, Jaro has already developed. So the overall uh, development of that, uh, well, man, I, I can words tonight. Uh, <laughs> the overall schemes for the plan that uh, Jaro has proposed. Okay. And coming close to the line, presenting it, but not stepping over the line, uh, he will approach the creature and say, if you're amenable to this suggestion, my chief engineer has devised a plan that may allow us to preserve your facility while safely removing the obstruction from your particle stream. How's your presence engineering? Uh, it's pretty good. I, I also think, Captain, that uh, I can improve the drill's efficiency by a good 10% by doing so. Uh, at this juncture, Ensign, given that they seem to have abandoned this facility, I'm not certain that's really rather germane to the issue at hand. Uh, but I appreciate I mean, the extra information. Well, uh, Presence Engineering, difficulty of three. You have two momentum to spend. I don't... Well, I guess diplomacy would kind of count here as a focus, so you got that going for you. Then... Would anyone mind if I spent the two momentum and gave him a threat to roll four? To all you. And you get six successes, because of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you get three momentum back, and uh, the creature... Uh, says a word and then steps aside. So it literally just says Jurex. And then it steps aside, allowing you past the line that it drew. Uh, Jaro's going to start figuring out what he needs, and he's going to be ferrying back and forth from the Banshee, um, pulling things from the Banshee, setting up the transporter loop, uh, flushing out the buffers, recalibrating. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, getting ready. While you're doing all that, let us go up to the Congo at this point, where I uh, think Alel and the rest of the away team are going to have a fun time in Sick Bay. So, uh, Alel, just as a reminder moving forward, because I don't think I've really been keeping track of it, for which I apologize. But uh, you being a CMO in sickbay confers an advantage, which means that you have one less difficulty for all medicine-related tasks. So just remember that moving forward. But uh, assuming Fives and Docta came along, uh, you've got the director and the Sheliac, uh, the other one set up in the stasis room or the hazardous environment room, whatever you want to call it. 
And uh, they seem to be doing fine, but you probably still have a bunch of questions for me about how to fix them, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So. so her first step would have been to uh, use the bio bed, uh, try and get one on a bio bed and then scan it with the bio bed to get a more in-depth reading of its biology. Okay. Um, I tell you what, let's call this a presence medicine to see if you can use your gravitas to get it to get on a bio bed. Presence met what? Medicine? Presence medicine, yep. Okay. Difficulty of two. Uh, okay, emergency medicine? Is it not emergency uh, anymore? Alternative medicine. Sure, I'll give it to you. Why not? Okay. All right, well, there's your two successes. Cool. So uh, the director, again, makes that sort of huffing sound, but then does get on a bio bed. It, it, it's actually just more like a bunch of black gel that sort of like oozes over the bio bed. You really hope it doesn't leave a stain because that's going to be hard as hell to get out. But mm. um, you are getting readings from the bio bed. And do you want the good news or the bad news? I'll take the good news. The good news is that the director will live for the next 72 hours. That doesn't seem like very good news. <laughs> well, that's sort of the bad news. The bad news is there's a parasite or some parasitic life form that seems to be embedded in what you would call the Sheliac brain or the cluster of nerves which runs, quote unquote, a Sheliac. But there's a there's a parasite there. In fact, it's a parasite that you might have actually known about and out of character I have to ask the group do you all remember the neural parasite that uh, Archer had on Enterprise I don't know the time travel one yep so fives so... why don't you illuminate for the class what that actually involves so in the episode of Enterprise called Twilight Archer gets infected with this out of phase parasite that basically causes him to not develop any uh, short term memories. He can't put anything new into his brain. So he wakes up on the bridge of the of Enterprise to watch Earth explode, and well, that's the end of that. But um, the remedy was developed by a denobulin named Doctor Flox, who figured out a way to use a radiation to eradicate the parasite, which ultimately led to Archer returning to the point in time where he was infected and able to re, uh, basically redo time after 30 or 40 years. What? Okay. So long so, story short, okay. Phlox found the cure for this. It's basically a time-traveling parasite, messes with your cerebral lobe or temporal lobe, whatever it is that causes memories. And it does bad things to humanoids. You have no idea what it does to a Sheliac, but you're pretty sure it's the same parasite. Okay, so there'd be a record of, like, the radiation and all that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and are both of them affected, or just the director? Both of them are affected, and because you asked, Sheliac A, we really need to give them a name, but Sheliac A has maybe about 12 hours maybe okay uh so she'll co go can still step over and consult with uh the with her xo 
mm-hmm. sir. Um, <clears throat> it looks like these, the Sheliacs somehow are are suffering from an interspatial parasite. Interspatial parasite. I've, I've medical history, yes. Well, I can apply some radiation and purge it, but I would need to do that pretty quickly, if they would let me. Right. Uh, are we certain this radiation wouldn't be harmful to the Sheliac? Would the scans from the biobed tell her yes or no to that question? They would. And the answer is a little complicated. It's not a yes or a no, but... Okay. Basically, you know how, and I I feel like I'm making a lot of references tonight, but as an example, you know how the old TOS episode with the flying quote-unquote blood cells that caused (laughs) immense pain, and they basically blinded Spock to fix it? If you're not careful, you'll disintegrate the Sheliac if you do not very, very, very carefully control the radiation. Okay. Okay. What you're saying is that's not an extended task. We just all or nothing it, right? Mm. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> if it was the Bastet, I'd say you guys would extended task. But if you want to one task it, I mean, so they make difficulty six for the legendary difficulty six. So wait, we wait. We discovered that Archer went back in time after he was cured. So. There's probably some kind of temporal thing happening here with the entire plot of this two-parter. Uh, if I were to cure them, that would reset some kind of timeline. Assuming it works the same way for the Sheliac, yes. I don't think we can reasonably assume... Well, that presents a very... Uh, very interesting conundrum um she's sort of like reasoning this out in front of Dottig as well um just yes. to kind of maybe see if he has any thoughts this is a difficult proposition on the one hand our duty to life is clear but on the other hand we have the temporal prime directive to consider there's a possibility that these Sheliac once cured could go back in time and change the past, even a minute amount could be cause for concern. I think we should there's, inform them. There's still the question of what they were doing on the planet. If it was gathering red matter, when they were sent back in time, they may get it right the second time. Well, if this parasite is giving them issues with memory they may they maybe end up being confused as to why they were there perhaps um she's gonna go talk to the Sheliac again all right and um just step up between them kind of speak to both of them at once and say you are both infected with a parasite and the director does reply. The director says, Yes, we are aware of the parasite. It is why we have come to this planet. 
To what end? Why, to why obtain a substance that will eradicate the parasite. Other than... Uh, an amount of radiation? We've already discovered this parasite and found a way to eradicate it centuries ago. There's a pause that seems to indicate that the director is trying to process this. And, and I think, uh, if I could cut it, Mike, yeah, go for is it. just smirking. <laughs> just in the background, just at the delivery of that of that news, just so smug. Yeah, the I think the director is quite literally at a loss for words, but eventually well, comes Alel's back. tone is absolutely only purely helpful. Oh, no, no, no. Classic Gnobulin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the director finally says as pursuant to the treaty you will share this treatment with us you don't you can just ask and I will like you don't have to say then do the procedure the why are you wasting time because I have to give, give you in, like informed consent to treat you there's also like how, how do you how is your memory functioning right now if I were to eradicate this parasite, then you could potentially- I remember that you're not consuming enough margaritas. <laughs> Do you want this or not? Remember how we made the joke about vibing earlier? Yeah, there's a definite sort of malicious vibe this time. It's not very so happy. You can tell that you much. That. that is so cute how you do that. Um, I will treat you, but uh, please keep in mind that there, there might be some alterations in space-time in your locale. It just repeats. Why are you wasting time? Do the procedure. Fine, fine, fine. Well... Doctor, do you require any assistance? Um, I would love your assistance. I'll take. Very good. Um, Mr. Fives, would you do me the courtesy of going to the bridge and relieving Ensign Rowan of command? Yes, sir. Five, just, just for the record. How many margaritas have you had? I'm an augment. It's fine. <laughs> Isn't it synthol anyway? Um, yeah. So while she's kind of prepping, like the the treatment for this, she will she'll kind of ask them, "Do you know when you were infected?" The same time all Sheliac were infected. I knew it. But. <laughs> <laughs> And when when was that exactly? And because stardates are bullshit, they list off a stardate, which would roughly correlate to the time they all went poof. Oh, we're talking about decades. Yeah, she definitely freezes. And while you're frozen, I think that's an excellent opportunity to take a break. So we'll be back in about five to ten minutes. Stick around, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
It's fine. It's a narrative device. We don't use it often. What can't we just profits one in the drill? Time it's just one time. Can we do just it? one time have a Deus Ex fucking? <laughs> it is Star Trek, so. Well, on that note, uh, we caught the tail end of that argument, but welcome back, everybody. Um, if you're just tuning in, timey wimely, wibbly wobbly stuff. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, but rather than deal with the medical crisis on the Congo, we're going to go and revisit Jaro and Lee as they try to get that orb out of the drill. So at this point, Jaro, uh, you've run a number of scans. You're pretty sure you can do this. Uh, you've set up some equipment to help the, uh, the Banshee do a little bit of fancy tractoring. The only question is, do you want high difficulty or do you want an extended task? Ooh. I would certainly go for the extended task, if possible, but... Yeah, we'll do extended. Excellent. All right, I got you guys doing extended task. Fine. I only took, what, like 60 episodes to do it? Anyways, uh, so the work track is going to be 14. The magnitude is a 4. The difficulty is going to start at a 5, and the resistance will be a 1 on this. Uh, as uh, you are doing a transporter's, uh, not a transporter, a tractor beam, uh, we will follow the rules for that. Uh, let me just get that real quick. So the tractor beam is going to be a control security, and the ship will assist you with a structure security. So the Banshee will assist you with structure security. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to do mm -hmm. is I am going to... Um, use past the red line okay. for the tractor beam to give us some bonus momentum. Okay. Which which is a let's see. I think it's a daring engineering task. Yeah, daring engineering task, and the difficulty is how much momentum I want. And I'm just gonna make it two. Okay. There we go. Okay, there's your two. And then, using that two momentum and the one we have, I'll give myself four dice on the first roll. All right. So, using one momentum from what we have plus the two bonus. Uh, sorry, what I would say is that that bonus, that bonus applies after you make the roll. So oh, you can okay. use it as a bonus whenever you achieve a success with the system. So you, you have to use all three of our stored momentum. Oh, okay. That's cool. And then as part of the work track, can I assist him potentially uh, with a modulation to the tractor beam based on the particle flow so I can use my maybe reason and engineering to assist? I'd give you control and engineering, but I don't think reason would apply here. That's even better for me, so... <laughs> All right. Also, Dag, while they're doing that roll, I literally just put out a time supplement and the omnibus covers it as well. I detailed every single temporal nonsense out there. I commended you on the development of your temporal nonsense, sir. It was compelling. And the Banshee was rolling security and... Uh, they are rolling a structure and security for the Banshee. All right, well, the Banshee doesn't help, so we need to see th at least... Uh... Oh, we've got 
We've got uh, a lot. Oh, there's your control Six security. Six on board already. Yeah, okay, so you're good. All right, so that does give you the one momentum uh, that is not bonus. And then, yeah, you're going to be rolling me six challenge die to represent the work done. And you also get vicious one on those challenge dice. Mm -hmm. Thanks to my talent. It's okay. very good talent to have. And when does the extra bonus momentum come into play? Now, right so as you, you can make spin this it to reroll and the like. Oh, okay. So I can use one to get piercing? Yeah. Okay. And then I'll, one... Use one to, I'll use one to get piercing and one to potentially reroll. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Oh, Which, that's oh, a lot of rerolls. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Definitely want to reroll that one. Oh my God. There we go. That's better. That's much better. All right. So that is, uh, let's see. So that's six, seven, eight successes with piercing two. So you actually get a little bit past uh, the halfway mark on this one. You get... Uh, one breakthrough unless do you have miracle worker no okay so uh you only get one breakthrough and narratively what happens is jaro i'm imagining you at the helm of the banshee and you're just very carefully hovering the banshee um such that it is perpendicular not perpendicular parallel with the orb and you are just very carefully um extending the tractor beam out from the emitter and enveloping the orb in such a way that you can prevent it from, you know, causing the cascading problems. Meanwhile, Lee is not really getting the assist from the alien raptor, but is being allowed to, you know, like, move the mobile tractor emitters around, being able to basically handle all the equipment not on the Banshee that is facilitating this process. And you're making good progress. You've got maybe about... 25% of the orb out safely, but there's still about 75 to go. So yeah, same roll, difficulty of four this time. Okay. Um, this time, uh, I am going to use a determination. Okay. And that is, the, the road to hell is paved with good intention. Okay. And um, let's go ahead and get one extra die. All right. Oh, All right, there's three. There's, well, there's three. There's, there's four. Three. That is the Banshee gets you an assist for an extra momentum. Yay! It does. You get a momentum. So, yeah, six challenge die. And what I would say is if um, you manage to get something like eight work done, you will complete this extended task in two goes. All right. So, this is once again uh, vicious and I'll use one of those two uh, momentum for piercing. Okay. One of the two bonus momentum. Hey, look at that. And that is sufficient. Yeah, Jaro, uh, there's a heart-wrenching moment when the orb suddenly shifts and uh, the right side of the channel that is now unblocked starts to surge with uh, activity coming up the drill. But thanks to you and Lee's quick thinking and acting together, you are able to not only get the rest of the orb out, but seal off the channel in such a way that as the Banshee floats there in space with the orb suspended in a tractor beam, the drill does not explode, overload, spew molten lava everywhere, etc., etc., etc. And uh, Jara will 
transport the orb into the banshee. Okay. And although Lee is sort of looking back longingly towards the uh, the banshee and seems almost poised to race towards it, he controls himself and turns back to the creature or to the entity. As you can see, we've successfully removed the orb that was obstructing the flow of the particle stream. Can we help you in any other ways? You can take me with you. I was about to inquire <laughs> as to your status and the uh, the survivability of remaining on this planet. Um, can you not tell us anything more about your people and why you were left here? Or why they abandoned this facility? Brain still hurts, but... We were doing something for the Sheliac. Hmm. Um, using the medical tricorder, can I in any way determine the impact of the cryogenic process on its brain and potentially use the medical kit from the shuttle to uh, expedite her its recovery? Yeah. Uh, give me a reason medicine difficulty of two. And I'll spend one momentum. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to say with only the one success. Yeah, you're you're not sure that you have a good enough grasp of its biology to expedite the process. But uh, while that's all going on, we're going to cut back to the uh, sick bay of the Congo, mm -hmm. where I'm curious uh, at this point what Dottig and Alel have done to prepare for, I guess you could call it surgery, if that. Or if you're still having an internal crisis of what to do. Even that's interesting. So Alel was preparing like the, the um, treatment that she found in the system. And then we discovered that all of the Sheliac are apparently afflicted with this and that it has been since what time again? Uh, insert bullshit start date here, but roughly 2390 is when they go missing. Okay. Um, so she is going to take a closer look at the the treatment um, in the system look for maybe the circumstances under which it was created if there's any like research attached or anything to that and then um, she's also going to compare that to the more in-depth scan that she was able to obtain of them and see if that was it's going to like harm their physiology or just not be effective at all uh what do we want to do this as a role let's call this a reason medicine on your part difficulty of one Xenobiology. Yeah, I'll give it to you. All right, let's see. Oh, there goes roll 20. Hey, three successes, which means you get two momentum back. Mm -hmm. So 
what you see are the following, and I'm only doing this because you asked. You do see a note. Uh, it says, you're welcome from the Bastet crew, so have fun with that. Uh, the second note that you see is that, uh, as I said before break, it's going to be dicey. Like, really, really dicey. If you roll two complications mechanically, you have vaporized the Sheliac. So you have to quite literally be on the ball down to a nanoscience in order to manipulate this treatment the way you want. Okay. Is there anything in the treatment that says there will be temporal effects? I would say that... On humanoids. On humanoids. I would say on humanoids, yes. On non-humanoids, like the Sheliac, there's a big old question mark. Okay. She'll uh, walk up to Dante and kind of like making sure they know that she is working on the issue that they have. But, uh, sir, this, um, this treatment it's complicated. If we were to remove it, first of all, it's going to be very difficult to do that. Um, on humanoids, probably okay. But on the Sheliac, their biology is completely different. Um, I could end up killing them. Um, additionally, it looks like there's some kind of temporal component to this parasite. They, in humanoids, if they're removed, apparently the something happens with the timeline. Bad enough in the case of a single individual, an entire species. I wonder. Um, and GM Dothic is going to go to... Uh, I picture that we're talking about this in, in Alel's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just going to spin the console around um, and key in a command to the computer. I want a an overlay of the historical boundaries of Sheliac space, and if there are any species that have moved into that area in the interim since their disappearance. Why don't you roll me a controlling con difficulty of zero to represent this? All right, that gives you two momentum. So you know the whole Sabine Expanse where we're playing around in right now? Mm-hmm. That was Sheliac Space. At least the northern part was where you are currently. And to make matters worse, uh, what you're seeing is that approximately 12 different species have begun to do colonies in this sort of Sabine Expanse area. That was previously Sheliac Space. So you're looking at maybe a few million, not few, but maybe something on the order of 50 million lives if you were to count them all. If we do nothing, the Sheliac will die. Their entire race may go extinct. If we treat them 
and their cures. Well, if it affects them the same way it affects humanoids, then we may be displacing a dozen species, countless other lives. Frankly, neither solution is acceptable. We must find a third option. Uh, well, they did say that they were investigating a cure of their own on that planet, so maybe we should inquire more about that. See if we could maybe facilitate the continuation of that search. Very good. Then let's proceed along that area of inquiry and be prepared to place both Sheliak in stasis if the need arises. And if they'll let us. <laughs> Alel will approach uh, the Sheliak director. All right. While working on the cure for your parasite, we discovered there might be some long-term effects temporally on this region, as well as yourself and your entire species. Um, we're curious what you were looking for on that planet and if we can help find perhaps a different treatment for this to avoid those consequences. Well, um, the director doesn't answer at first. I mean, you have to wait like a full minute before the director responds. Okay. And when he does, or it does, it's hard to tell with the Sheliak, uh, they say the following. We are here because of decapolithium. Right, the precursor to creating red matter. Then you already know why we're here and what we intend to do. How does the red matter factor into you curing yourselves? It's a highly volatile substance and has been banned by every civilized spacefaring race. It has been banned by the lesser species. But he How very does pointedly it factor just, in? He very pointedly ignores the question, even when you repeat it. Director, you're deflecting my inquiry. This is necessary for me to render assistance. Are you going to perform the treatment or not? We still have time. Well, you would, unless I'm an evil GM and spend that complication the chat gave me that Sheliak A maybe only has about two hours because it starts seizing on the biobed. Oh no, how do you stop a seizing Sheliak? I don't know, I almost like imagine like a bowl of jello and you're just like vibrating it really quickly. Lel's gonna put it in literally like a paralyzing stasis. All right. Like, doesn't know what else to do. You have frozen the black jelly. She's like, you see this? This is gonna be you. Now, why were you here? Roll me a presence medicine <laughs> difficulty of four. <laughs> oh, she's like not intimidating at all. 
You might want to spend what momentum on this one. What was it? Presence medicine? Presence medicine, and you probably are going to want to spend momentum on this. Just, just as a Alternate or emergency medicine? No. Oh. No, you may not shake down your patients with emergency medicine. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to roll. I'm going to spend a momentum. What's just one. What's the difficulty? Difficulty is four. Oh, um, gosh. Can I attempt to assist by making an addition to what Alel is saying? I kind of want to play hardball with them a little bit. Okay, um, tell me a but, little bit but how you're playing hardball. Okay, but first I need some information um, out of character uh, mm -hmm. from my gracious GM. Mm -hmm. So the treaty that we're talking about between the Sheliac and the Federation, that's between the Sheliac Corporate and the United Federation of Planets. That is correct. As as it is right now, do we know if there's even a Sheliac corporate left, or if you know by definition has it fallen to a handful of people, and I can safely declare the treaty in abeyance? I would say, based on the fact that all Sheliac everywhere disappeared in the 2390s, and the only remaining members of the corporate are here in your sick bay, uh, I think the answer is if you wanted to, yes, you could nullify the treaty. What? Captain's raising his hand. <laughs> I'd also just point out, Alela, you have cultural flexibility as a talent that would apply here. I think. I do. I don't have a description for that one, though. Uh, <laughs> your people are friendly, patient, and inquisitive, and you exemplify these traits. You are easy at ease when uh, meeting new cultures and adapt to unfamiliar social structures easily, which seems to apply to the Sheliac. When you attempt to learn about an unfamiliar culture or to act in an appropriate manner when interacting with members of such a culture, you reduce the difficulty by one. Which mm. makes a difficulty of three. Very nice. I'll make sure to add that. Um, that's useful. Um, okay, so I'm going to roll three dice then. Okay. And then am I getting help from Batig? I'll give it to you. I have no focus. Um, what would you like me to roll, GM? Same presence medicine. Okay. No, that's two successes. Can not to get you your third. Um, sorry. This is my... All right, here we go. Even for the complication. No, oh, you actually get the opposite of a complication. You get two successes. <gasps> so that is uh, one momentum back. And uh, I think the Sheliac director finally comes clean a little bit and says, Very well, I will attempt to explain in your limited language. We are using the red matter to create black holes in such a way that we will be able to eradicate the parasite before it is even spawned. In essence, what you want to do is to nullify events in the space-time continuum that occurred after the infection. That is correct. Are you going to perform the treatment or not? Well, uh, since the... <laughs> since there have been dozens, didn't you say dozens of colonies? Right? More than that? 
a fair number. Number, 12 species. Um, there have been many species that have already made home in your former region. If we were to eradicate the timeline, that would have a profound effect on potentially on their their lives. And I just don't think I, that we can take that risk. So are you allowing the vermin that has no claim to our space to exist, dooming us to death? I mean, we can certainly help you prevent any further infection, if possible. So, Alel, I need to have a uh, very frank question answered. How close are you to the director in all of this? <laughs> I don't know. What does the scene look like? I mean, it um, kind of is one of those things she where... She would be, like, kind of between the two biobeds. Okay. So, I think what's going to happen is the director is going to lunge at you and attempt to get you in a hold. Great. So I need you to roll me a present security uh, difficulty of one. However, it is opposed. And chat has been oh so nice giving me evil, l- e- lovely evil points. I'm going to spend three threat on this one to give him a grand total of four dice. And uh, I have escape and avoidance. Which would apply as a focus. <laughs> yep. Well, bringing out that seer training. <laughs> I'm going to roll you. three dice. All right. Spending momentum for three dice. Okay. Great. Nice. Okay. That's three successes. Let's okay. see what Mr. Sheliak Director rolls. Mr. Sheliak Director has rolled only one success. So, allow what happens is you see it coming with your keen Denobulan senses that as <laughs> the director lunges at you. It's not really a lunge as much as it is a almost like a pathetic flop, um, but you easily move out of the way and the director kind of slaps onto the ground mm-hmm. and it's already coming in for, you know, kind of a second round. Okay. But because you told a certain Cation ensign that you were expecting to bring back some Sheliak, the security team's already there. The security team is already present and already has phasers drawn and pointed at the Sheliak director. Uh, computer erect force field. Please. Vroom. <clears throat> and, um, yeah. Let's, on let's... and on and on and on about lesser vermin. <laughs> Director. I stress the need for calm. If we can help your people, we will. But we will do it our own way. pursuant to section 814 subsection 86 paragraph 16 clause 8 any aggressive action taken by or against the Sheliak corporate or by or against the United Federation of Planets We'll hold this treaty in abeyance. I hereby nullify the treaty. 
So I'm not going to turn on the voice mod for this one, but just imagine like a plate of jello, but now you've taken like a subwoofer on like super high base and put it next to the jello. And then you added in like a scratching record. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the sound and motion that you're getting here. It's not a very pleasant sound to say the least. Your response is not required. We will try to save your life. You have a choice now. You may be put into stasis until such a time as we can save you, or you can be put into the brig. It's going to continue making the awful cacophony as we change scenes to the interior of the Banshee, which apparently got eaten at some point. So we're just going to have a momentary theory of the mind. <laughs> so Jaro, um, you know, you're still in the Banshee's cockpit. You've got the orb in the back and uh, you hear a voice, a familiar voice coming from behind you. And when you turn to look, the box that is containing the orb has opened up and inside is essentially a orb of the prophets. It's sort of like an hourglass shape of gems that is just slowly rotating despite no signs of why it's ro rotating. And as you probably are expecting, there's a flash of light and you're in a white void. Mm -hmm. you sort of look around, there's nothing around you. You sort of hear your own heartbeat. And then there's that familiar voice again. And appearing as if from the ether is a extremely familiar face. Jana, what would you like to say to Mr. Jaro? You're looking good. Um, what's what what what's going on here? Well, what's going on is that uh, I think we have to have a talk. Okay, uh, so this is like weird magic. Uh, this is myself. Okay, I get it. All right, so I'm talking to myself. Uh, it's not the first time. No, you talk to yourself all the time back in the academy. I mean, you just you wouldn't shut up. It was uh, kind of annoying, the, the nattering coming from your room. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know... I might be Jana, I might be yourself, but I think you need to hear this from both of us. I forgive you. Hmm. Well, thanks, whoever you are. That actually does mean a lot. You know um, what? I never stopped caring about you, right? Well, I mean, you know, uh, I've, well, <sighs> uh, Jaro uh, is going to hug the uh, Jana image. Very solid, kind of warm and fluffy. Is he wearing a new perfume, new scent? Who knows? And uh, insofar as occasion is capable of it, he starts purring. Uh, Thanks. It it really does it really does mean a lot. Uh, the Banshee's working really great. It's a amazing ship, and you know, thanks so much. Uh, 
trying to find my feet here with this new crew and well I still feel a little on the outside you know I remember what you said at the trial you said that I was assigned to the station because you had to be controlled your mother wanted you to have somebody there to care for you or I should say for you to care for so that you wouldn't get into trouble you had to look out for somebody I think I think it was the opposite that she wanted to know that there was somebody who'd always have your back somebody who would always care for you you've always got that you know you always have a family yeah well uh yeah it's i mean the dso family is always there um well and you know i do have dot tag here for what that's worth You know, you might want to talk to Captain Lee about me. Um, I will. Uh, this is not something I expected, or but uh, it is something that, well, actually means quite a bit to me right now. Well, uh, I'll tell you that I didn't expect that I have to be showing up in somebody's dream or vision or religious experience, but uh, hey, it's... Uh, it's a trip for me too, buddy. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I really hope everything is going well. I I've been uh, checking up on you and making sure that you know. So you're still at DSO. That that's good. Yeah, that that new admiral is really weird, and uh, I kind of miss the old crew. But uh, I guess somebody has to keep the home fires burning, as it were. And it is of at course. that moment that the orb experience begins to fade and you probably can get in like one more word before you snap back to reality. I've missed you, Jonna. Thank you. And really like a flash, like an explosion, you're back in the Banshee. And uh, I believe at this point, it's fair for me to say that Lee is kind of chiming at the back door uh, asking to be let onto the Banshee with uh, the Velociraptor. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, Captain. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, he opened. He opens the uh, back, and uh, would you like me to get the stasis pod? Uh, yes, please bring that aboard. Uh, transport it into the cargo hold. Uh, this small craft doesn't actually have much of a cargo hold, does it? Uh, can we? actually transport it with us? Uh, I, I, can, I can do something. Very good. I'm going to I'm gonna just hold it in the buffer and, uh, you know, make it come when we get back. Uh, pattern degradation is something that you should watch out for, particularly given the modifications that we made to uh, the transporters while we were bringing up the tractor beam. But uh, if you believe you can do that safely, please go ahead. I'm pretty sure I can and Lee will usher the creature in and try to situate it as best as possible. Um, and as he's helping to strap it in or to make room for it, uh, he will ask, uh, may I know what we should call you? Drugs. Very good. Um, welcome on board. And yeah. As uh, Jaro, Lee, and Jurux 
Uh, zoom back up to the Congo. I think at this point it's fair for me to say that there needs to be a conference room meeting just to catch everybody up in character and also to decide what the hell to do with the Sheliac. Because I think there's like three different plans and we need to have a consensus here. So let's go to the conference room for this one. And uh, everyone would be present. And just for sake of posterity, I am going to say that does include Rowan because I feel like I need to do more with her as a character. <laughs> But yeah, uh, you all have had maybe um, maybe 30 minutes since Lee has gotten back, and uh, I'm going to let you run your own meeting. If you get lost, I'll steer you back to where you need to go. Status report on the Sheliac and the ship. Stable. For now, we've placed them both in stasis, the surviving Sheliac. Ship is functioning normally. I must say I'm very pleased Ensign Rowan did quite well. Uh, thank you, sir. Sir, is there any clarity I can provide to you? Do you have any questions after my initial uh, report? Uh, I've examined your initial reports on the Sheliac and the asynchronous temporal aphasic virus uh, that apparently has been well, the cause of the decimation of their entire civilization, or in fact, the obliteration of it. Uh, were you able to gather any information regarding other survivors from the plague? Other Sheliac survivors, sir? Yes. No, he did not seem to want to talk to me. There are too many details here that, uh, are ambiguous, are uncertain. Computer, um, please invite uh, the life form that we brought up from the surface into the meeting room. And after a few moments, uh, your big old friend Druk is escorted inside the conference room. Now, let me size the token up just so you guys get a feeling for it, but it's really sizable chonky boy if I were to use a phrase and sort of just waddles in barely fits through the door and just sort of sits at the other end of the table and uh, since all of you can hear it in your minds I'll just turn on the voice mod it simply says hi Alel <laughs> stands up immediately and turns toward him it is wonderful to meet you. Welcome aboard. Hi. Hi. Ms. What's uh, your name? I am Jurex. Jurex, I'm Dr. Alal. And I'm confused. Since Hello, we still have the Shelliac. Hello, confused. Since we still have the Shelliac on board, is it time for margaritas again? Are you well, referring to the clause? What is it? Five hundred and twenty-one. You're familiar with six. it. Oh, I, I I do a lot of drinking. Yes. Well's <laughs> actually getting out of her seat and walking around. <laughs> well, uh, Captain. Also, I don't know if I don't know if you're aware, but um, since the Sheliac attempted hostile action against the Federation officer, I declared the treaty to be null. 
Even that there may only be two Sheliac left in the galaxy, there doesn't seem to be any party with whom we would have a treaty. Indeed. My reasoning exactly. Jurux here appears to have some kind of relationship with the Sheliac, or at least his people did. Um, given that he was suffering from some kind of cryogenic freeze and the effects thereof, he was unable to elaborate, but perhaps he's recovered sufficiently for us to gather more information regarding the circumstances surrounding the Sheliac's interest in this planet. And there's definitely that pause where everybody looks over at Jurex like, is, are you going to say anything? And what you notice is that I, I think it might be fair for me to say, Alel, are you petting the raptor at this point? She's like really wants to touch the red feathery or spiky things. Uh, yeah. She's just you like want. her full attention is on him. She would love to if he would let her. I mean, if you kind of extend out a hand, maybe the head will come a little bit closer so that you have a better reach. May I? May I? You may. So she'll kind of like examine the uh, the spikes. And they're actually quite soft. Like you were looking at this thing expecting maybe like hard scale, but um, it's actually quite pleasant. Nice, nice, nice feathery texture. Yeah, I think Dothig's just gonna look over at Lee. Like, are you gonna do anything? Or <laughs> so, how did you know? How did Doctor Sheliak. Yes. Decorum, please. Oh, uh, pardon me. <laughs> Thank you. I think this was precisely what we were talking about in my ready room earlier today. I mean, my question was quite relevant, don't you? Think? It, oh, yes, it was quite apropos. But nonetheless, your comportment and physical proximity to our guest less so Jurax, would you mind answering the doctor's question if you could does that mean I don't get pets anymore it's his rules well the doctor is on duty that might not be appropriate however what you choose to do in your own free time is entirely a matter of the events that transpire between consenting adults. And it actually laughs at that out loud. And it's, if I were to make the sound comparison here, it's almost like taking a, a Robin in the real world and auto-tuning it a little bit, but not in a bad way, almost auto-tuning it to be a little bit more higher pitched, but also somehow pleasant to the ears. And uh, as it finishes laughing, it says, Oh, I haven't been able to make a joke like that in years, or decades, really. Sorry, answer your question. The Sheliac contacted my species approximately 20 of your years ago. They wish to contract us for the mining of red matter, or the materials to make red matter. Didn't say what they were doing with it, but let's just say in the process of this contract with them, we violated some stupid clause that I'm sure you are more than familiar with, and the remaining Sheliac decided to wipe out my species. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one left. 
there are no words to express the the horror of this tragedy. And I'm sure that I speak for all of my crew when I say that uh, we are tremendously grieved by your loss. Eh, don't be too grieved. The rest of my species were assholes. And he actually, like, cracks a grin at that, or tries to anyway. May I ask, then, why you were so insistent that the facility on the planet be preserved? Is there some function that it still serves? Well, the reason I was stopping you earlier was because I was slightly confused from the cryogenic process, but I also wasn't sure what you wanted with the facility at the time. I thought you were trying to get a hold of the red matter. Now that I understand you and your mission a little bit better, I believe you have something called a photon torpedo that could be delivered and ignite the red matter. That is correct. We do have the means of destroying the precursor to the red matter. Then I would highly suggest you do so. And it's probably not my place to say. And they look directly at Dr. Alal for this one. Kill the Sheliak in your sick bay, or I will. I want to be very clear. There will be no hostility aboard this ship. No reply. Just sort of sits there. Jurex, if you'll please excuse us, you're free to go. They get the hand. Unless there are Uh, other questions. Not not to sickbay. Before you leave, Jurex, you should know that the Sheliak in sickbay likely have less than 24 hours to live. Even two minutes is not worthy of them. And with that, the security officers probably escort Jurux to a diplomatic suite of some sort to probably remain there for a time that Five sees fit to actually give them free reign of the ship, if ever. Our moral quandary has obviously become more complex. I mean, indeed, I think, but I think the decision that I made earlier in sickbay still stands. If the Sheliak never contracted this virus, then they would have no cause to wipe out Jurex's entire species. If the Sheliak never contracted the virus, the species that migrated into their space may never be born. It's simply put in plain language. Authority is not ours to decide. This is a matter of what has happened and what will happen in this continuum. Saving the Sheliak may doom countless others. Nonetheless, is it not incumbent upon us to offer aid where we can? What's more important, the lives that we can save right in front of us now, or 
and you can just think Rowan. I think Rowan speaks up that and says, I, it's probably not my place to say so, sirs, but the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And frankly, this is some sort of prime directive nonsense that I kind of hoped I wasn't going to have to deal with coming aboard the Congo. Although, until the Red Matter Precursor has been neutralized, even the prime directive is suspended. We're without, by regulation, our highest law. That is true, sir. But I suppose at the end of the day, we have to live with whatever we decide to do with the Sheliak. Thoughts? I don't envy decision that will inevitably fall to you, Captain. However, as a doctor, there are always times when we lose people and we wish we had the power to go back and make it so that it never happened. I I feel that pull here. I don't want to see the last of a race. I don't want to witness an extinction. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not equipped to... I'm not equipped to see what may happen if we do this. If we do, likely... Almost definitely, we won't be aware that we have done anything. But even still, until such a time happens, we. Well, we must try to exercise good judgment. I don't know that undoing an event that has happened is the correct course, although in this situation I don't know that there is one. You may just have to pick the best bed situation and go with that. I appreciate your commander, Lieutenant Commander. And as ever, you uh, continue to confirm my selection of you as a first officer. Other opinions? Jaro, Fives? I hate to say it, but uh, I have to agree with Rowan. Um, you know, the needs of two individuals, I mean, it, you know, there's, it's unknown on what's going to happen if we remove this parasite and for two we could be putting millions at risk. With all the biodiversity in the galaxy, extinctions happen every minute. Yes. And but... we can't go back in time and change the events that led up to each of those, nor would I think it's our job to do that. The Sheliak won't be the 
the last endlings. It is our job, or was all of our jobs, and he's gesturing towards Alel and Atig, to dispassionately heal any patient that comes to us. Is that not the first concern of any doctor? It always should be, no doubt. But this decision could deprive millions of individuals who at this very second are living lives and breathing. They have a right to live as much as the Shelley Act do. We have to decide if we are going to help them or not. Either way, we will be the ones who have to decide who lives and who dies. And doctor, sometimes when you have multiple people in bio beds, you have to decide who to prioritize. And right now, I believe that we should prioritize those who are living. Unless there are other opinions or perspectives that you'd like to articulate, I will take into consideration the myriad perspectives that you've already offered me and issue my orders after a half hour of reflection. So... And, well, what I would just say is in that half an hour, Lee would retire to his office mm -hmm. and what he's going to spend almost that entire time doing is staring at the two images that he left in operation before he departed from his office to go on the away mission. The image of his deceased son and that of his new family that never would have arisen had his first son not died and his first marriage not uh, been sort of dissolved. And he is going to hear resounding in his thoughts uh, the doctor's or at least Dateg's comments about the necessity of experiencing those painful moments or of accepting the past in order to embrace the present and the new possibilities and new joys and, that have emerged out of those tragedies and how it is it's not incumbent upon us to make alterations to the timeline or to history um, and to rob people of those things the the outcomes and the joys that have emerged from them and after an extensive reflection on his duty, on the spirit of the Prime Directive and the, the dictates of non-interference, and also on the reality that if he did make an alteration to the timeline, it's entirely possible that he wouldn't even have his new family in that contemporary timeline. And that With that commingling of duty, uh, his belief in the prophets and their orchestration of the timeline, and his own personal loss, or the potential for personal loss, uh, he would come to a decision, but ELH, if there's something else you wanted to add regarding what transpired, Actually, please. you preempted where I was going with this. I think probably about minute 28, 29, when you're getting ready to disseminate your conclusion, you get a chime at your ready room door. Uh, and Lee will look away from the uh, grinning face of his departed son. Uh, enter, yes. And just as we started this little adventure, in steps Dr. Alel. Hello, sir. 
Hello, Doctor. I knew you were going to come to a decision soon, and the thought occurred to me that we didn't really discuss your experience on the uh, on the planet. You and Jaro. Given the weight of the moral decision that's been placed on my shoulders, and yours, Doctor, given that we both have responsibility for it, I haven't even really had a chance to think about what's transpired on the surface or to investigate the orb we found. Is there anything that occurred or that you can think of, any leads that might help us in this situation we find ourselves in? The prophets did set us on this path, or at least part of it. I mean, perhaps consulting the orb itself would give me further insight that I hadn't considered. But other than that, at the moment, all I can really think about is my own family. I absolutely understand. Dante can be quite the poet. He has a far more tender soul than one would expect, and his capacity for empathy is belied by his prickly demeanor and poor bedside manner. Ah, yes, what's the human phrase? Soft gooey center. Certainly applies to him. I'm afraid that I'm not familiar with that one, Doctor. <laughs> I'm sorry, Doctor, that um, we're both going to have to live with this one. I thought it was already... <laughs> Okay, fine. Jaro. <laughs> I thought it was already bad when we, when I lost the first Sheliak on the on uh, on the planet, without knowing at all what was going on. But things, as they do, just escalated from there. Sorry, Doctor. I have no words of wisdom or penetrating insight to offer you. As a captain, I haven't lost people before. It's a, it's a fascinatingly impotent position to find oneself in. You think as a captain, you would be responsible for everything, and you are, that that responsibility would be commensurate with the amount of power that you wield. But in the end, all of us are powerless in the face of Destiny, fate, death, the divine. It Maybe certainly is the ultimate equalizer. Don't you find comfort knowing that you've met your emissary? I find comfort, Doctor, in the understanding that death, while it may be the great equalizer, is not the end. I don't know how people live with the belief that it is. I would imagine they just cope. Well, I can barely cope. 
even believing it. <laughs> well, I sir, uh, shall we? Shall we? Yes, Doctor, I believe that we shall. And Lee would depart for the bridge and order Chief Fives to ready the specially modified photon torpedo and prepare to bombard the surface. Aye, sir. All right. So, our final scene, because I do want to leave it somewhat ambiguous about what your final order is about the Sheliac, but I think we already know what the answer is. We sort of see the final shot of today's mission is a photon torpedo being launched from the forward torpedo tubes of the Congo. Goes down into the planet along that southern ridge, impacts the mining site, and moments later the planet consumes itself as the red matter ignites and becomes a black hole. But, as sad trombone music plays, that is where we will end tonight's session. So yeah, what did you guys think? Cool. Multifaceted. Mm -hmm. Heavy. Yep. Pretty heavy. Yeah, I, I tried to... Heavy. It was in one a, of those in things... In a good way. Where, yeah, absolutely. Right, it in was one best. of those things where I wanted there to be major moments for most everybody. Um, I might have left fives out there, I think, but I think Dag was having fun messing with Chad and all that, so... <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, I, I don't think Congo really had one of those hard decisions yet, and you needed a hard decision, because that's what defines kind of commands and whatnot. Um, it also gave Lee and Alel some chance to shine, which I thought was uh, sorely needed. Yeah, that was really wonderful. Uh, and of we course we had... Jurux, please? Yep, Jurux is... Yes. He'll probably be a lot more pleasant now that there's not Sheliac around, let's just put it that way. But yeah. Alel is to Alel is to Churux as Vassar is to Archer. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> on that really awkward note, I'm gonna stop the YouTube recording, but Twitch stick around because we're gonna raid somebody. But uh YouTube. See you later. <laughs>